Hey, guess what? We're back in Luke. Y'all better say amen really loud. Yeah, woohoo! The Bible, yay! Come on. All right, everybody, uh, we're gonna sing one more song together, especially all of you who grew up in church. All of you who grew up in church, you're gonna sing with me. I'm not singing at you, you're singing with me, all right? This is uh, probably my favorite song from my childhood because, you know, Jesus obviously wrote it about me, okay? No, about a wee little man. Ah, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in a tree and he said, For I'm going to your house today. For I'm going to your house. Oh, nostalgia. What a fun, fun thing. A stroll down amnesia lane. Okay. Jesus entered Jericho, all right? We're not in Capernaum or, or Bethlehem or Jerusalem. We're in Jericho. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, all right? So we know already that Jesus had no intent to stay. Jesus was on his way. Jesus had a mission. There was something that he was headed to. Jericho was a pass-through. It was a bridge. It was a tunnel. It was not a place where he was going to check into the Holy Day Inn and stay. You're welcome. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus, but he could not because he was short and could not see over the crowd. He could not because he was short and he could not see over the crowd. So he ran and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, think treasure map. Jesus, in this particular case, didn't reach his destination, didn't reach a man, didn't reach a crowd. There was not any loud thing that happened that made him stop. Jesus reached the spot. And I know none of you have ever really stopped on that word, but it's important when Jesus reached the spot. He looked up and immediately said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay. I must stay. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this. You didn't. All the people saw this now and began to mutter. Always happens when Jesus starts to do something cool. Always happens when Jesus is about to make great things happen in the lives of people that we don't think are good enough, that we don't think are smart enough, that we don't think are holy enough, that don't dress like us or walk like us or talk like us. When Jesus does something that the religious people don't understand, like healing a man that comes down through a roof, like, like, like healing a woman who we're not allowed to touch, all the people begin to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. You have to say it like that too. If you don't say it like that, it's not holy. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. 
one of those people. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The story that we've heard over and over again, Jesus comes to the city of Jericho. He is on his way through. We know that there was a profound crowd that was around. The, the temple leaders at Jericho had had their Sunday best on and were ready to welcome Jesus. They had made announcements. It had run on the screens before church. The teacher is on his way here. Be there around eight or nine o'clock as he and the disciples will arrive and they will move through town and we will reach for him and we will laud him and we will celebrate him as he passes through our town. For this is God's will that we clap for him and that we sing to him and that we allow him to pass by and we will wait for him next time because that's exactly what Jesus wants. Oh, it's what we do between nine and noon every Sunday morning. We clap and we applaud and we go, go God and we are the fans in the stands and then we go about our work week because we're dominated by our schedules and we're dominated by the need to make our money and we're dominated by the car lines and the school schedules and the uh, uh, ball game schedules and the practice schedules and the church uh, schedules. And But next week, Jesus will pass through and we will gather in a crowd and we will laud him once again. And he will do, he will do what he has always done. Are you listening? When Jesus reached the spot, When he reached the spot, why did he stop on that spot? Because of all the crowd that was there, there was one individual that wanted to see Jesus. Everybody around to praise and to applaud and to be a fan. But one guy, despite his reputation, one guy, despite his stature, listen, one guy, despite the crowd, the song leaves this out. Yes, he was a wee little man. Yes, he climbed the tree because he could not see. But the Bible is clear. The reason he could not see was because of the crowd. I need you to listen, church. I need you to listen loud and clear to what I'm about to ask you. Are we keeping people from seeing Jesus? In our, in our uh, 
worship, with our attitude, in our once a week culture, in our allowing everything else to control our time, our talents, and our time, in our lifestyles, are we keeping people from seeing Jesus? Or are we making sure they see him? Because the one who really wanted him was the one he stopped for. He reached the spot because he and God had such a connection. Remember when the woman was touched by the cloak and Jesus was like, whoa, I know she touched me and I know I healed her, but I didn't know I'd done it when I did it. God did it through me. He had such a connection with the Father. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. That Jesus is literally walking along. He is going to love them. He's going to take care of them. He's going to glad hand them. But something stopped him when he reached the spot. He's like, oh, There's a guy up a tree. Dare I say Zacchaeus went out on a limb to see God that day. Nobody thought a thing about it. Nobody thought a thing about it. He's a sinner. He's a tax collector. Now let's stop because you need to understand what that really meant. The Bible doesn't call Jesus a tax collector. It says what? He was a chief tax collector. Now I've gone through this with you before. I'm going to go with you again for the people who did not know. Tax collectors were reviled, all right, by the Jewish people for several reasons. Reason number one, they stood for the opposite thing that their lifestyle stood for. In Jewish culture, everything was barter, goods, share, all right? We've talked about this. The chip guy gives to the salsa guy and the salsa guy gives to the chip guy. The tomato and potato guy give to the beef guy and the beef guy gives. Everybody gives what they have so that everybody has everything. The Romans come in and they say, what's yours is ours. We need a part of what you do. And so it was opposite of their way of thinking. Give to us just because. And tax collectors represented that thing against their lifestyle and, and that idea of a dictator government. And then some of their people, because you had to hire somebody, you don't hire somebody in LA to work at, at a motel in Nicholasville. You hire somebody in Nicholasville. So the Roman government would come in and they would hire Jewish guys to, to do this, which was just an abomination. You're one of us and you're taking from us, right? That's why, hey, 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 one of the disciples, one of the disciples that probably wrote one of the gospels, Matthew, do you know who that was? Levi, Levi the tax collector. That's why Peter and James and John were like, no, Jesus, not that guy. And Jesus is like, yeah, that guy. I'm all about guys up in trees for me. Side note, I've always wondered about this story because I know what they wore back in the day. Are y'all getting this now? Dude's up a tree in a dress. Had to be awkward for everybody. I mean, was Zacchaeus up there like, I don't know. Hopefully he was sitting on the limb, you know. I don't know, I'm just saying. There's a man up a tree in a toga. I mean, Jesus is, oh, hey, what's up, buddy? All right, so, side note, I'm a warped mind, sorry. 
tax collectors then answered to their bosses, okay? So it's like tax level. So here's how it worked. The Roman government said, we have to get 5% from everyone, right? That's what the government required, all right? So here's what would happen. If you owed 5%, this tax collector here would take would get 6% from you because they'd get the one percentage. But their boss would say, I need 2%, so now you gotta ask for eight. And the chief tax collector would give the rest. So he would say, all right, so the total we're gonna do is 15. And then he paid one to this guy, two to this guy, he would keep six or seven, and then he'd give the five that he had to give to the government. So a chief tax collector was making money off the tax collectors, off the secondary tax collectors, off uh, of the individuals, and they were getting it from everyone, and they were just sitting in their house counting their money. He was the, he was the apex of the anger triangle, right, of, of just hatred. But Jesus stopped. The Spirit of God stopped Jesus in his tracks at a spot. Why? Because something about what was in his heart was different than what was in everybody else's heart. There is, I want it, and there is, I want it. There is talking about it, and there is seeking there is lip service and there is life service. And Jesus realizes in that moment that deep inside this man's heart is an emptiness that he desires to be filled. Let me be clear. The richest man in town was empty. I have run into people who have had uh, 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 not fit relationships with many a man not fit relationships with many a women. I've met people who have been at the apex of their jobs. I've met people who have had houses on the beach, houses on the lake, boats aplenty, every car that they wanted. And they were still chasing things. They were still empty. They were still broken. Why? Because I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You were made to live. What's the song? You were meant to live for so much more and we're chasing the average, the, the normal. We're chasing the worldly when there is a kingdom out there beyond what you can fathom. And Zacchaeus knows. He's heard the name of Jesus and he's recognized what the Bible says that at that name, every knee will bow. And he, he wants to just get a glimpse. So Jesus looks up and everything changes. There's not a conversation at that moment. There's a desire, a deep-seated desire that moves the Spirit of God and a guy in tune with the Father. And he looks up and the schedule is thrown out the window. I, look at the word, I must stay at your house today, I must, I can't, I can't move forward. I'm not going on to the church. I'm not going on where I was going. I must stay and I must stay with you. Yes, I want that. I want Jesus to come by and I want him to go, that's the heart. 
I must, I must stay with you. I want to sit at your table. I want to, I want to be in your house. I must stay. And when Jesus must stay, when he comes and he's really there and you really want him around, your life changes radically. It doesn't, listen, listen, this is why we don't talk so much about this. I talk a ton about giving. I rarely talk about 10, rarely. Why? Why don't I just go and make sure that you ration all your tens out? Because it's not about 10. It's about your relationship with him. Your time, your talent, and your tithe tells me everything I need to know about your relationship with him. And in this moment, guess what? Zacchaeus is so moved that he says, I got money and I don't want it no more. But I want you to look at the order of things. He says, here and now, without, without going to the accountant, without running the numbers, here and now, half, half of it's gone. I want to give it to people who don't have it. Just give it here. And then after that, I want you to look at what he says. After that, he says, if I have cheated anyone, overtaxed anyone, and that is this guy and his people, this guy and his people, and then all the people that they get from, I'm going to go and I'm not going to pay it back. That wouldn't be enough. I'm going to double. That's not enough. I'm going to trip. It's not enough. I'm going to give it. If I've cheated, I'm going to pay it back four times over. Listen, now math says do that first right? Math says pay back four times first out of all the money and then give away half. Listen to me. When your life is really changed, when your life is really about giving, loving, serving, when your life is really about Jesus and making him known, it won't make any sense. It won't make sense in a science book. It won't make sense in a math book. It won't make sense in an English book. It won't make sense in a relational love and dating book. It won't make sense. It's why I tell people, yes, read The Purpose Driven Life. Yes, read Experiencing God. Yes, be encouraged by what other men see of God and their thoughts, but believe and read and trust in God not in man. Take the scriptures, not a written book by us. No, the scriptures, because they are God breathed. And that is profitable. And God's profit margin isn't based on a dollar sign. Change done by Jesus is radical. And it's also ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And that's why I think Jesus grinned all the time. I think he grinned all the time. I think he grinned when there were no fish and then there was a pile of fish all over those guys. I think he grinned when nobody touched him but one woman did and her bleeding stopped. I think he grinned when they fed that master of the ceremonies, that nasty foot water, and it already had turned into wine. I think he grinned when the coffin opened up and he took the little boy's hand and handed him back to his mother. I think Jesus grinned all the time because in our world, everything he does is just ridiculous. I want a radical, ridiculous church. I want a church that understands that we can't 
there's, it's impossible for us to outgive God. I want a church that is so flipped upside down that if the world looked at our books and if the world looked at our, our people, if the world looked at our actions, they'd go, ah, and God would go, ah. That's why we're going through the book that we're going through. The church that heaven applauds. And Jesus was not looking for a crowd full of fans that day. He was looking for one guy that just wanted him around. One guy that wanted him to change his life. And do you know what happened when one guy's life got changed? Salvation came to the man. Salvation has come to this house. Do, do, do you know who was in the house? Everybody Zacchaeus ran with. Everybody Zacchaeus knew. Zacchaeus invited all of his tax collecting buddies. There's multiple stories of Jesus being outside, being inside a house with the Pharisees standing outside going, can you believe he's in there eating with them? It wasn't with him, it was with them. This wasn't one-on-one. -on -one. When Zacchaeus was radically changed, guess what happened? Everyone around him was radically changed too. Are the people who've been running around with you for the last two or three years radically different than they were two or three years ago? Not a knock. It's just a question. Do you want to be radically different? Do you want NBC to be radically different? Do you want Nicholasville to be radically different? Then you've got to be Radically different. And that doesn't happen because you decide it to. That happens when you want him and you want him bad. That happens when you want him all. That happens when you want only him. That happens when you'll go out on a limb, when it would cost you everything just to look at him. That's the difference. Let's pray. As mad as the church people got that day, Jesus slept really good. When he put his head down on his pillow that night, he had a huge smile on his face. The priest said, can you believe that he did that? The people said, can you believe he picked him? The crowd said, oh, Jesus, you're awesome, you're great. Zacchaeus said, I want you. Jesus slept good because it turns out he came to seek and save the lost. <laughs> it turns out Jesus was doing his job. It turns out that's what Jesus did. He did his job. Is he doing his job in you? 
Is he? Why not? Is it because he doesn't want to? Or is it because you don't want him to? Hmm. 